happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Be thankful as you're on your drive to wherever your families are today that you get to hear us talk about more about first base because for as bad as this position was in 2023, it's a very interesting position for Cleveland in 2024. And we just didn't have enough time to talk about it on our regularly scheduled episode on Wednesday. So here's more uh, stuffing to put into the first base position in 2024. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the double stuffed edition. <laughs> your face is priceless there. Of Lockdown Guardians. It's, it's, it's a turkey, on YouTube, not pizza. So you can go uh, see uh, reactions like that as we approach 2,000. Less than uh, less than 100 subscribers away. You know, go uh, subscribe on a work account, uh, on a buddy's account. You know, just, just keep adding accounts. Um, we There's just too much to talk about. And we didn't even get to touch on the minors. And listen, Reddit, we love you. We appreciate you, Cleveland Guardians Reddit. Uh, you have very kind things to say about us. But one of the things you always say is that if you want minor league coverage, that's what Justin and I are best at. So how can we not do the minor league aspect of first base? (laughs) We barely got the touch on Kyle Manzardo. Uh, I've got a cat going absolutely insane over here, trying to flip everything around. So uh, I might get smacked (laughs) in the face again. Who knows He's excited about today. your cat's excited about Kyle Manzardo. I understand. She's yeah. I mean, she cannot keep it contained. She is going to knock over this uh, fold up uh, ski ball thing I got going because she is just uh, so excited about Kyle Manzardo, and you should be too. Yes, we all are, except about Kyle Manzardo. If you didn't listen to Wednesday's episode, I would go back and listen to that first. Um, but if you're here, I assume you probably did because you're an everydayer, and we love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. We are thankful. For you, we'll also be thankful if you're subscribing on YouTube. If you're not, yeah, they'll be thankful for that too. But uh, as Jeff pointed out about Manzardo too, that you know he worked on some swing changes, had some shoulder problems, had some personal life problems that are frankly very hard to get over. And we talked about how there's very there's almost no reason. And the only thing I would even ask is. <laughs> Like Manzardo should be on this opening day roster, right? There's no, like, what what would what would have to happen other than keeping him down? And this would go against Cleveland's own interests. Is you know, I just don't see currently on the roster anybody you keep on the roster to play first base for a month. Because what Tanner Bybee pitched his way to second in the Rookie of the Year voting, and he missed what? Let's see, the first. Uh, three weeks of the season in triple a, and then he missed the last three starts of the season and he still pitched well enough to be second rookie of the year. And that obviously screwed Cleveland because he got his full, not, not, you know, they want him to pitch well. And I don't think any of us is surprised he pitches well as he did, but it also gave him an, uh, an, his uh, full year of service time, which he wouldn't have gotten. Well otherwise. Deserved so year. if you're, so there's two ways to look at this, either Cleveland, does, yeah, well-deserved with not even, not even a doubt. Um, yeah. Cleveland either, and this this goes to all teams, not just Cleveland. So Cleveland either decides, let's throw our hat in the ring for hopefully a rookie of the year candidate, get a draft pick for this, or you've got to wait until June to call him up because you don't want to risk calling him up in May 
letting him get hot and then say, crap, he didn't win rookie of the year because he didn't play enough, but he was good enough and he finished second. He gets his year of service time. We get squat. So <laughs> there's really only two ways teams are going to play this as we, as we see more of this. So Cleveland's got to choose a path here. You either decide that Kyle Manzardo is one of your 26 or one of your 20, one of your 26 best players, one of your nine best hitters in the, in the organization right now for 2024 or you're just punting and you're letting him sit in AAA till June for no reason. Run There's no in between, thing. right? But especially like, I think you and I both think the chain beaver is here to stay. We, we don't think he is on the move. It could happen, but we both think, so if you're in a situation where you want to contend, okay, you're thinking chain beaver can bounce back, be an ace. You're going to get his draft pick at the end of the year. You're getting a bonus first already. This is a perfect year then to take that gamble on Manzardo. Is it a sure thing? No, but if he has a fantastic year, you know, th- there's no guarantee that he will. But I mean, you look at the past few years, Bobby was supposed to win two years ago. He wasn't even a top three candidate. Volpe was supposed to win last year. wasn't even a top three candidate. I mean, he won a golden glove that he didn't deserve, but like you can't say that he's got no shot. Right. And he has just gotten better as the year went on. He stabilized in Cleveland. He got healthy in Cleveland. He had a great Arizona fall league. Everything has been positive momentum. Let's gamble. Let's get crazy. Let's gamble. Let's put this guy at first base. Let's see if we can get a a third first rounder potentially. Let's see if this can be like what Seattle did a year ago where they had all those picks at the end of uh, uh, the, the first round, essentially had three first round picks and turned it into some really interesting players he should be here day one. Uh, what else does he need to prove? Yeah, he doesn't need to prove anything really. Um, you know, even, even though he had a limited season in 2023 due to the shoulder injury, you know, he still played over hundred games. If you combine his time with Durham AAA for Tampa Bay for his time with Cleveland, it was played well at, but like you said, be careful with all these stats, but at the same time, he hit well in the Arizona Fall League, so at least he didn't play poorly because when you don't hit well there, then then there's some question marks. So clearly he was pretty healthy. So I'm, I'm just trying to think here too. Like, let's the rookie of the year thing does matter a little bit here because now that I think about it, I pulled up some of the top prospects for next year, and here's what I'm thinking, Jeff. <laughs> how fun would how funny would this be? So I think you're gonna say the same thing I'm gonna say is is Wyatt Langford is probably gonna be up next year, probably pretty early for Texas. Um, Evan Carter was still qualified too, right? Yeah. Oh God. Evan Carter and, and Wyatt Langford are both going to be rookies next year. And they both might have a very good inside track on that. And then you have Jackson holiday in Baltimore, who I mentioned in the Wednesday show that, you know, could be, a I bet uh, that they play games with him. him. I bet they play games. With yeah. Him. Cause their owners already talking about how they can't afford yeah. to keep all these guys. So uh, there is that, but here's the other twist to this, Jeff. What if this this would be very ironic and it's going to drive Cleveland fans nuts? You have the two Texas guys, right? You have you have Langford and you have uh, Carter. There's Ricky Tiedman from Toronto that, that could factor in. The pitchers don't all, always win, but the real battle next year for Rookie of the Year, you know, outside of the Texas guys, could it be Calmanzardo versus Junior Camonero? That wouldn't drive anybody nuts, right? <laughs> no. And, and here's the thing. I think, honestly, I think the favorite has to be considered Evan Carter because he went and, you know, put his name on a big stage already. 
Yep. So I think that's going to factor I think in. There's so much I bias think, in, in these awards. Yeah, there is. And, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be the favorite, but like, who cares? Let's, let's see what he can do. Right. Stephen Kwan wasn't supposed to finish third. Tanner Bybee was not supposed to finish second. We've just seen two guys in a row overachieve who, you know, it didn't net Cleveland anything yet. Maybe, maybe Mansard was the guy. And if he's not, if he is good enough to finish second, then we are in a great position as a team moving forward because first base is settled for five years and we got big production because you expect big production at first base. And if he finishes second in the rookie of the year, as a year similar to what Tristan Cassis just had, uh, who finished third, I mean, I'd be happy. Like, And I think we'd all be happy. And then um, I think everyone would have to apologize for getting mad about the Savale deal. Oh, that's going to be really fun. If, if this Kyle Manzard deal works out, if, if he ends Especially up... Being- if he- the power bat that people have been screaming for. Yeah. If this is a 25 home run guy at first base who gets on base a ton, cause he has good eye at the plate and he's just a good hitter. Then yeah, there's a lot of people are going to be eating their words on the Savali deal, which, you know, maybe it will work out. Maybe it won't. I think it's still a worthwhile deal, but there's a lot of people who out there were very sure this was going to be a terrible deal. But now we're talking about this guy who should be on the opening day roster, regardless of status. And again, I just don't see any, any current form in this roster where you can say that there's no room for him or there's a better option available for you. Cause there's not. And I was going to say, here's the list of guys who played first base last year, real quickly to interrupt everyone's favorite thing. Josh Naylor, 91, Gabby Arias, 35, Josh Bell, 30, Cole Calhoun, 25, David Fry, 19, Tyler Freeman, one. Who is he blocking there? It's not blocking anybody. The only, the only thing I can think of is, If this team goes out, if, if I said the other day that I don't see them signing a free agent this offseason, which I also probably should refute, not refute, but I should probably uh, not double down on. I need to go back and explain a little more about my stance on that. But the only thing I can think of is this team goes out and they sign somebody and he's and it's a guy who can play outfield first base. Like if it's a Reese Hoskins type or Adam Duvall. Um, at, well, has Duvall played first in the past? I, he used to, I swear he used to play first base. Is this just in my head? Yeah. There's like Justin first. Turner. Like there's there's some of those guys out there that might be worthwhile. You know, you block them that way. But I don't really like that idea because um, as we were talking about off the air before we recorded Wednesday's episode that. Duvall only really has 43 moved. games at first. So not as many as I thought. Yeah. I mean, I'd be willing. Okay. For Adam Duvall, I'd be willing to sign him and take the flexibility if he can still play some first but first left center and right yeah i'll take that yeah the problem is you can't push josh naylor to right field it just can't happen no and there's no reason to block comments so the duvall thing would work because you don't you don't necessarily have to block comments by doing that because he can do a lot of different things so my only the only thinking is you sign someone like a reese hoskins or a or a justin turner or whatever and that blocks him but i just don't I don't see Cleveland doing that, and that's the only thing. That's why he has to be on the open day roster. Um, all right. Have we covered enough Manzardo? Can we move on to other, other guys? Do you have any other points we want to make about Kyle Manzardo? He's really good try to, right now. He's really he's... good, and this is the most excited I think I've been about a first-base prospect since, oh, God, I don't want to say Matt Laporta. Okay, I'm going to say Matt Laporta, but don't don't shoot me over that. I was, let's see, they traded from Matt Laporte in 08, so I was 19. I've grown. I've learned things. Since and then. listen, you can go back to two <laughs> years ago's offseason. Uh, every day or Alton asked, like, why do prospects fail? It was a great idea. 
Matt Laporta is still the weirdest prospect failure. You look <laughs> at his stats, he is the weirdest prospect failure of the last 20 years. Yeah, so don't shoot me for, for saying Matt Laporta. I know I know someone's going to hear us and be like, see, this is why we're not excited about Kyle Manzardo. It's, you know what, we've all learned since then. And again, like Jeff said, there's really, it's very hard to go back and, and understand why. Um, but let's let's move on. Let's talk about some other people who could play first base in the system in just a moment. Well, before we get into more first base talk very quickly, let's uh, talk about where else you can find sports talk today while you're driving for the Thanksgiving holiday or whether you're out, maybe you're out shopping on Black Friday. Does anybody do that still? I don't do that still. I, I order everything online. People but uh, you can also listen to Locked On Sports today um, online while you're shopping online. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports covers the top sports stories of the day with local experts from all of our Locked On shows, plus our national shows that cover every league on in the U.S., on the planet, soccer. I don't know, on international soccer. Uh, go to Locked On Sports today. Uh, on YouTube, if you're done listening to this bonus episode, and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. My uh, my six year old daughter said, uh, Daddy, are we gonna go shopping on Black Friday? I'm like, No, but uh, put her in front of the computer. We'll, uh, <laughs> That's the shopping. It's like you can do some prodigy, uh, for those who aren't in the know, it was a math based learning game that uh, she's a fan of. Uh, as a Pokemon-like and RPG system of development. So if you're a parent out there, I highly recommend it. It's very engaging <laughs> for my six-year-old and for even my middle schoolers. But uh, now that I've given them a free plug for no good reason, hey, Prodigy, give me a free account so I can uh, in the exchange for that. But um, Is David Fry a Prodigy? Uh, he is a... No. He is a hard worker. He is a, you know, a guy, one of those guys who was... Listen, a year ago at this time, you and I were like, should he have... You know, he wasn't even on the 40, man, right? They didn't go ahead and add him. And, nope, they didn't. Right? He, he, he had to get through the Rule 5. Like, they, we're talking about a guy Well, who, remember, they didn't. They traded. No, no, he was here in 2022. You're right. He did have to get through yeah, the Rule 5. He had to get through the Rule 5 last year because he was not on the roster. And he got through the Rule 5. Uh, because, yeah, he was the player to be named later for J.C. Mejia. Pour one out. Um, for his career. Uh, not Won the trade. Won the trade. Yeah, they won, won that the trade, trade. That's for sure. Um <laughs> Much like they won the trade, uh, they, when they trade with the Brewers, they've they've won. Like G, you know, money for Owen Miller, that was a win after Owen Miller's collapse. Money for Mark Matthias, that's a win. Uh, Fry for Mejia, that's a, a win. So when you get through it, it's listen. He is. We we talked about you know why it's good to add a if you consider adding an Adam Duvall, his flexibility, right? Why is Fry great? Well, he gives you a third catcher while also playing first and left and all over it's flexibility it's lefty mashing um well, i don't know if it's even mashing but listen he, he's relief at least serviceable against lefties uh ace relief pitching um that's why they felt comfortable trading no no that's that's why they felt comfortable making those those moves in the pen david fry is going to be the eighth inning guy you heard it here first i'm kidding of course um <laughs> But I mean, he gives you the depth, and he just gives you another option there. And he hit pretty well. He hit well enough, right? Yeah, I mean, he was he even headed up 102 WRC plus against righties. He actually slugged for better 
uh, a better number against righties, and he hit lefties a little bit better, got on base more against lefties. Um, you know, pretty even for a uh, rookie season for a guy who's 26 and – I'm sorry, 28. For a guy who's 28 making his big league debut – or 27 made his big league de- de- debut. He just turned uh, – hey, David Fry, happy birthday this week. He turned uh, 28 back on the 20th. We missed that one. So happy birthday, David Fry. Mm, good good for him. Pretty good celebration this year for, for, yeah, a guy for a guy who was 27. I bet he did not make a lot in a signing bonus either. So this year was huge just for him as a as yeah, a human being. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. And he was probably like a 28 games a catcher. He played 19 at first, seven in right, two in left, one at third, and he DH twice. And of course, he got yeah, that he, fantastic relief experience. Do you want to Northwestern State University of Louisiana? Do you want to guess a signing bonus? Two dollars. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> uh, lowest was two thousand five hundred dollars. The Royals gave Tyler Gray. Uh, he was second lowest at ten k. He got the senior sign bonus. So, as anyone who knows, you make nothing in the minors, and he had to kick back some of that. I'm sure to an agent and taxes. And, and he wasn't else. in on the forty because no. Here's the way this also works too: is that obviously you know you know minor leaguers are paid very poorly and at every level they get, you know, a slight raise. Like you might get 20,000 at high A, you might get 30 at double A and then triple A, you might get 50. But when you're put on the 40 man roster, your, your, uh, your money expands by like yeah. two or three. So he went from making like 50 K and triple A on the 40 to making like 150 K or whatever the, the prorated deal in the majors. And then you get the rookie minimum, which is like, what is that? 400 now, 450 K. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a huge, it was a huge year for David Fry. Can I just, I'm going to interrupt you, which everyone loves. Can I talk about really quickly oh, this yeah. seventh round? So in that seventh round this year, the first 15 picks, none of made it to the big leagues, but the, the, the 16th pick was Joe Ryan. Brendan Donovan was the 19th pick. Uh, James Altman was the 30th pick. Cody Morris was the 29th pick. Jaron uh, Duran of the, with the Red Sox was the, 26th pick Andrew Wance, who's pitched in the big leagues for the angels uh, was the 17th pick. Uh, it's a very, you know, David Fry was the 21st pick really weird. The seventh round in 2018 is a very weird one to go look up just because nobody hit at all at the top. Then get to the back end and there's some really good players. Josh Winder with the twins, another guy there. Odd round, sorry. I know nothing to do with baseball, but I'm a draft nerd. And I was just like, this is crazy. So um, baseball, but okay, so how many how many at bats are you giving David Fry next year? Because two hundred across multiple positions. Only two. Okay, he had 113 plate appearances this past year, so you're only upping up by 90 ish. Because I don't want to overexpose. The, pro- the problem is this. Okay, maybe two fifty. I want to see Josh. I want to see David. Fry. I almost said Josh Fry. Who's Josh Fry? I think he plays for the Ohio, Ohio State. Okay, I don't think he's been very good this year. But um, isn't that that Bucks. terrible baseball player for Texas? No, maybe I don't know. That's not the point. So DH this year, right, is going to be split between Naylor Manzardo. Are you going to mm-hmm. DH um, Bo Naylor some to keep his bat in the lineup because you have Bethencourt now and David Fry gives you a third catching thing, so you can do that. So you save David Fry as the the reserve guy there. 
maybe against lefties, you sit bow, you start, you start Bethancourt, and maybe you give David Fry at bats at DH if you feel like Naylor needs a day off or depends on how things go against lefties. There's still ways to get him in there. And, you know, you got remote. Maybe, maybe there's a way you can get David Fry to play right field against lefties and put Loriano in center. And that maximizes things a little bit. Um, there's ways to do it, but I, I would like to see David Fry get 200 plate appearances next year. Absolutely. Maybe 250 between catcher DH first and some somewhere in the outfield, especially against lefties. I, I say put him in against lefties wherever you possibly can, whether that's whether that's giving Manzardo or Naylor, either the Naylor's a day off if, if necessary or using him in right field if you don't have a better option early on and moving Loriano to center. So David Fry fits just about everywhere, and I don't see why he can't get some at-bats at first base if you – but like I said, the emergence of Naylor hitting lefties last year complicates that, and obviously you want Cal Manzardo to get – plenty of experience you can't have him sitting on the bench yeah i just i'm i'm hoping that all of you know that that nailer is healthy i'm hoping that manzara gets opportunities and that's why i'm like okay max amount of 250 you know that bo nailer plays a lot that you know we're, we're kind of david fry is a solid utility bench player i don't want him if he is getting 350 400 at bats something went wrong something went wrong but i also feel like he might be a guy where you're like Okay, if that ha- if the- if there are injuries, something happens, he might be like a nice pillow option to throw in there. Um, he doesn't have like Ramon Laureano's experience where you feel better about that, but I mean, there are certainly worse options to go there. Speaking of worse options, ooh, after Cal Manzardo, first base is pretty rough in the Guardian system, and that's what Jeff and I wanted to talk about today. Was uh, the over the and the overflow show is that there are not a lot of first base options, so. Uh, we are going to finish up this bonus episode by doing just that. All right, Jeff. So you joke that um, we will do our prospect draft next year again, just before the season starts. And this is kind of the screw you position because let's be honest, whoever gets the first pick is taking Kyle Manzardo first in the prospect yeah. draft. And whoever drafts second, might have to take Ralphie Velasquez because if you don't take him, um, there are no other first basemen to take that you feel really good about. And we both said on the Wednesday show that if you haven't listened to it yet, that both of us don't really love John Kenzie Noel. And I, and here's the thing about Ralphie. This is why we're saying Ralphie would have to be the second pick. If you took, if one of us took Manzardo first in that draft, which I don't see any way, either one of us takes anybody, but Ralphie or uh, Manzardo is that you hope that Ralphie hits too much to stick a catcher. And that's because catcher defense is always the, like the last thing to develop and he could get hurt and it's a lot of struggle and, and there could be developmental um, issues that hold him back if, if he is forced to catch and you're not getting the best out of his bat that might be in there. So if he just hits too much and you're like, okay, like, like I'm not saying he's going to be Bryce Harper, but, Bryce Harper is is kind of a good is kind of a good uh, situation to look at here. He came into he came into baseball as a catcher. He hit too much. The Nationals said he's going to be an outfielder because it gets into the big leagues faster. And Ralphie might be a first baseman long term, but he might hit enough to be a first base. So whoever doesn't take whoever doesn't get the first pick and take Manzardo, you take 
Ralphie and you put him at first base because after that, it is it's ugly. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's nastier than uh, cranberry sauce that's been sitting in your pantry for the last ten years that hasn't been. Ah, it's there, still fine. It's still fine. <laughs> um, so listen with Ralphie. It, here's the thing: if you're picking second in our draft, you're definitely taking Ralphie either two or three. So like, let's just because of positional value. And we hope he is a Savannah catcher and it all, and by all reports too, like we think he can stick at catcher, but if the bat is too good, then the bat is too good. And especially if you got Bo there and he's locked up, you, you know, you, you move on and you're just happy to have an exceptional hitter, which is what he is first and foremost. Uh, but because of the situation, I, the only other third first baseman who I am debating for the top 30 is CJ Kafis, who did have a nice debut for this team. I was not the highest on him. It is a hard profile for a first baseman. Um, it's the idea of like, Hey, he could potentially be an elite defender at first with, or a mediocre defender in the outfield with high contact skills and maybe league average power. Um, it's not a sexy profile. Most of the draft picks rarely are. But I, I do, I, KFIS will be in my top 30 when it's all said and done. I, I'm enough of a believer based on what I saw this past year. I was not the biggest fan of that pick. Um, I'm still not sure if that's who I would do if I was doing my redraft. I could have that somewhere buried down. Or, hey, you can go listen to that bonus episode. That's what I did with it. But, uh, I, you know, he's a solid first base prospect. And then it gets really, like, the weird thing with John Kenzie Noel is, yeah, he smacks the heck out of the ball occasionally. He has this thing where his max exit velocity is high, and he can his his peak power is as good as anyone, but his average exit velocity is not good. Like he doesn't hit the ball, he doesn't make hard contact all that often, which is a bad combination. Like that is not what you want to see in a power hitter. So he's fourth, but like that's kind of more of like I don't I, I don't think anyone after the top three really has a major league future. And then I was telling with Justin, it's like, it, like fifth best in the system is, is Mike Capriz or like Aaron Bracho to me. And, and those are more like depth players kind of from my view. So it's the minor league choices. And hey, and you want to be weaker first base. If a team had like five excellent first base prospects, uh, that is a terribly run organization because good point. <laughs> you can't move first baseman anywhere else. That's not how this That's works. So typically it's you fail somewhere else and you end up at first right so that's the thing that that we see happen so to me there's only three real prospects and um you know and then there's some guys who have one tool that stands out for them or like one thing they have done um but it's yeah it's pretty weak um in general it's very weak yeah uh again i think i said this on wednesday show noel is not an outfielder he's not a third baseman he can play out like you could put him in the outfield. Um, I mean, if I had to, if I had to pick between third base and outfield, I'd say outfield. But I think I made this comparison on Guardians of the Future when Willie and I were doing a, a show before the rule, the forty man deadline for Rule Five last week, and I said I can wear biker shorts, but nobody wants me to. Shouldn't happen. You shouldn't see that. And it's the same thing with John Kenson Noel playing other positions. He could do it, but he probably shouldn't. That's that's the problem with our society today is we don't ask ourselves just because we can, should we? Like that that's a question that a lot of people need to ask themselves. And that's yeah, Noel A, he struggles with breaking balls, B, he doesn't hit the ball hard enough consistently. 
for a guy whose only standout skill is power. It's a, it's a, such a high risk profile. Like Noel either ends up getting to the big leagues and hitting 40 home runs, or he gets there because he's on the 40. I don't think I, he 0% chance he hits 40 home runs. I, I think I'm not going to do it. He just doesn't have the contact. So throw, throw him a bunch of breaking balls down in the dirt and you've right, got it. Exactly. Like, but I'm, I'm just saying like your the only two outcomes with him are either he is a great, like a Miguel Sano type slugger for a couple of years, or he's absolutely nothing. Yeah. And those are not good outcomes. And yeah, no, I mean, Sano might be and, the best case scenario. Hiram, just stop. I'm not going to respond to the D to the Twitter message. Yes. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that you're an everydayer. I appreciate your passion. Only when the I appreciate that you think that John Kensey Noel, Oscar Gonzalez are on their way to the hall of fame, but I'm just going to disagree with you and I'll just end it there. Yeah. I like CJ Kafis. Um, I watched him a little bit when he was with, the Hillcats late in the year. And it looks like a guy who has almost like no lower half in his swing. And he's got they like that type. <laughs> well, yeah. Guys? Mike Will Pappy, Brennan. Jordan Smith. Like, yeah. They Will drafted a lot of, that way. I mean, they've and, drafted so many guys who have no lower half. And it's like, they don't seem to be very good at like helping them either. And they keep adding them. Well, they did. They did with Will Brennan. It just hasn't materialized yet. They have helped him use, utilize more of his lower half. And that's why he had the breakout in the minors. Yeah. I've seen the majors. So maybe they can do it with CJ Kafis. I do like him. I think he's an interesting profile. And yeah, after that is, is Mike Capriz, who I think has an outside shot of being a big leaguer because he does a couple a couple things well and he's a left-handed hitter. He can probably play, he can play outfield. He can also play first base. Um, and he does walk. I don't know how he does, I don't know how he'll do against lefties in the future. But right after that, it's like there's nobody. Like, you know, Joan Rano seems like a great dude. He's a good defender. I don't think he's going to hit. Mike Colado is is not really a, a first base prospect, and after that, there's a lot of guys who just aren't. I don't know who who are you moving to first base. Like, is there anybody moving to first base besides Ralphie? I mean, in the system, no. Like right now, it's like it, is that where Cooper? But... It's like if Cooper Ingle, you know, there's some debates on his defense. It's like, but he he's a not better athlete. He, catch. Yeah, he might be a guy who could conceivably play in the outfield um, if catcher didn't work. But it's like, like Juan Brito, like is that the like if he can't play second well enough? I mean, he's not big enough for first. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, he's five eleven. Tanner was not a tall first, first baseman either, though. Yeah, it's like I mean, he, I mean, Brito might be in that discussion because he's kind of positionless. Like if they hadn't traded for Manzardo, I'd probably be advocating for Brito at first right now. I agree. Or David Fry. But luckily we have uh, comments are to talk about. And uh, we're lucky you spent your Thanksgiving drive with us or uh, maybe or you were Black Friday shopping your, or Black Friday shopping or you're avoiding family and you're listening to Guardians talk. Um, hey, if you're listening to this uh, on the way to wherever you're going to Thanksgiving, tell a family member who might like this. Tell them uh, we'll help them be more informed of the Guardians coming up next year because we want to get to that 2k mark before the new year um so help us get there hope you enjoyed the bonus episode this week of lockdown guardians we weren't going to go this long we, we were like oh we might go 20 minutes to talk about the future for future for space and we ended up recording a whole second show because we just can't shut up and hopefully you guys don't mind that so thank you all for joining us being a part of the lockdown guardians team remember to rate and review and do your part download it every day be an everyday and go go guardians